Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 199. <laughs> well, hello, Fire Nation. This is Goofy. Prepare to ignite. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, let's thank our sponsors for allowing us to keep Entrepreneur on Fire daily and for free. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. Support Entrepreneur on Fire and go grab your free audiobook and 30-day trial today at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Ting is better than your phone company and they actually care about what they do. Ting equals no contract and no BS. Go to fire.ting.com for a $25 service credit. That's fire.ting.com. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Trent Deersmid. Trent, are you prepared to ignite? Oh, you betcha, John, I am. <laughs> All right. Trent is the founder of Bright Ideas. Bright Ideas help marketing agency owners, professional marketers, and entrepreneurs to master the two most important skills in marketing, traffic and conversion. Given Fire Nation just a little overview, Trent, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then take another minute and give us an overview of your business. Sure, John. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's yeah. a privilege to be here. So I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time. I started my first business back in 2000. It was a dot-com that uh, flamed out. And then I started another one in the ashes of that, which went on to be quite successful. I uh, sold it in 2008. We built it up to uh, employees in the teens and a couple of million dollars a year in revenue. And we won all sorts of awards for being one of the fastest growing companies in Canada, where I'm originally fun from. So that was a really fantastic experience. I got to learn a whole lot about really what it takes to run a business. But back then, I didn't know a whole lot about online marketing. And so after I sold that business and I moved here to San Diego and took some time off to kind of regroup and think, you know, what do I want to do next? I, uh, I ended up meeting someone surfing one day and she was really doing quite well online. And it really intrigued me because in the old business, we had built the company just by making cold calls. And, and it really worked very, very well until around 2007. That's when it just seemed to kind of stop. And I sold the business in 2008, honestly, out of sheer frustration. And so out of that, my desire to become, uh, for lack of a better term, a master or highly skilled, uh, I think probably master is a bit of, an ex of a stretch. Nobody's ever a master, <laughs> but highly skilled with online marketing I started to really pursue it with vigor and started blogging, starting building websites, got all sorts of websites ranked on the first page of Google, discovered my love of podcasting. Um, and out of that, Bright Ideas was born. And Bright Ideas is really intended to provide people with something that I didn't have back when I was a CEO. I'm kind of scratching my own itch. I wanted a way, it's like the best lessons that I got were when I talked to other CEOs. I would go to conferences. I would be in mastermind groups. 
um, I would cold call other CEOs who ran companies just like mine in other cities just to see if they wanted to trade ideas. And it was always really beneficial whenever I did that. But I realized that not a lot of people, especially when they started out, they don't have the budget maybe to join, you know, $20,000 a year mastermind groups or travel to other cities for conferences, or maybe they don't even have the courage to call another CEO up right out of the blue. And so I thought, you know, I really love podcasting. And so Bright Ideas was created as a way, much like you do with Entrepreneur on Fire, for me to be able to get access to people who had proven that they knew what they were talking about and then to get them to share with my audience what was really working for them. And when I started it originally, I didn't know that I wanted to focus on marketing agencies, but I ended up coming up with an idea for some software that's in development right now, which is specifically for marketing agencies. And so that's why I have this real big focus on marketing agencies, because I'm trying to gain as much traction with that particular audience as I can, so that when the software is ready, I'll have a, a list of prospects who know me, like me, and trust me, and uh, would be keen to, to uh, become subscribers of the software. Well, Trent, I love your podcast, and I felt honored to be on your podcast back on February 12th, brightideas.co slash how to launch a podcast. We had a blast together, and I really got a lot of great feedback from your listeners, and I really look forward to seeing how your feedback is from my listeners, which I have no doubt is going to be very positive. But as you know, Trent, we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling. And you've already got the motivational ball rolling on a lot of levels today, but keep it going with the success quote, with your mantra, take it away. Sure. Before I get to that one quick thing, I'll give you the URL, a short form for your episode on Bright Ideas. It's brightideas.co slash 29. 29. Much easier. Much easier. Remember, just the number two and nine. Yes. So with that said, the success quote, and I wish that I could give attribution to whoever I learned this from, but it was so many years ago that I don't remember, but here it is. The best way to succeed in business is to be in business. And I remember when I first heard that, I thought that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no kidding, Dick Tracy. But if you'll allow me a minute to explain why yes. I think it's so profound, what people, especially new entrepreneurs, don't realize is your first idea is very rarely one that is going to end up being successful. It's the iterative approach of, you know, and I call it my green dot theory, and I've blogged about it in the past. So you think you get in business and you want to sell green dots. But you, so you kind of like start trying to sell these green dots, but you're not really very successful at it. And so the smart entrepreneur in his or her desire to become a master of selling green dots discovers that there are blue dots. There's a market for blue dots out there. And so you shift your strategy a little bit and you start selling blue dots and you get a little bit more traction. And now you kind of like forget about green dots, that first idea. Because you've iterated and this, this process repeats itself and maybe you're going to go into purple dots and red dots and yellow dots. And by the time you get to pink dots, you're like a pink dot selling super ninja. So the point of the quote was you would have never, ever discovered pink dots had you not started by trying to sell green dots. So the best way to succeed in business is to be in business. Because if you're thinking about being in business or you're talking about being in business or you have a business plan, but you're not yet in business, 
you're not going to have those conversations with your customers and you're not going to study your competitors to the degree that you would if you were actually in business that will lead you to iterate your idea. Trent, give us a ground level example of how you, by being in business, have had that idea that's led to that next level. Oh, yeah. My last business was absolutely, I mean, every business I've ever been in, but my last business, because it's been built and sold and was successful, I'll use that as an example. So when I started that business, um, as I mentioned, I'd had a dot-com that kind of fell on its face. So I went from having a very high level of income in my previous job to, you know, you go back to zero. The dot-com's not successful. Well, I just need to get a business going because I didn't want to go get another job again because I knew that wasn't going to move me in the direction that I wanted. So I called up this guy that I knew and I said, hey, let's just get into the IT. He was in the IT services business. I said, let's just do that. I'll just figure it out after that. I mean, I don't know. It must be a good business, right? There's lots of companies doing it. <laughs> right. How, how, uh, how bright I was back then or maybe not so much. So the business model really sucked, to be honest with you. We were just calling up companies and saying, can we come fix your computers? And I think we were charging like 75 bucks an hour. That is an embarrassingly bad business model because it's for a whole bunch of reasons that we don't have time to get into. But trading time for money is not a good business to be in. It's not a bright idea. It is not a bright idea. <laughs> so here's what happened. So I'm trying to sell my green dots. And for six months, we were just selling these little green dots, meaning we were getting clients paying us 75 bucks an hour to go fix their computers. And we weren't making, we were making revenue, but we weren't making any profit at all. Because you can never sell, you know, your full 40 hours in a week that for each employee that you're paying. That's one of the reasons why the business is no good. So we came up against this competitor. And this, this was for what was going to be our largest account. I had met the CEO networking and one day I was having lunch with her and she said, yeah, we're looking for a new IT services company. I didn't even know that's what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we do. Can we compete? And she says, yeah, sure. But you can't talk to me. You have to talk to this other guy and you cannot have any access to me during the competition at all. And I said, sure, no problem. So we start talking with this other dude named Renee and it came down to us and another company. And the other company um, was much bigger than us. They had venture capital financing and they were growing like mad. And what they were offering was for, I think it was like a thousand bucks a month, they were going to connect through the internet and monitor all their servers and all their core stuff 24 hours a day. And they were going to provide unlimited uh, help desk support for that thousand dollars a month. What we were offering was for like $800 a month, we would show up one half of one day per week and do some preventative maintenance. So as you can imagine, we weren't going to win. <laughs> so the guy calls me up, Renee calls me up and he says, Hey man, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like we went, the competition lasted like a month with meetings and proposals and all this other business. And he says, I just, you guys are awesome, but I can't give you the deal. And I'm like, why not? And so he explained to me what this other company was offering. And I was like, wow, yeah, I don't really blame you. I mean, their deal is so much better than ours, you know, but how about this? Can we have two days? Can you wait two days before giving them the deal? And by this point, he said, yeah, sure. And, and he had told me who they were because I didn't know up to this point. And he had told me their pricing. So we went onto their website. I didn't even know remotely controlling computers was possible because I'm just not a super technical, you know, networking guy, right? So we go on their website. We find out that some software from Intel that allows them to do this. We call up Intel. We can't afford the software. So we give them the bleeding heart story of where this scrappy little company, blah, 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 blah. 
will they, you know, let us pay it, pay for the software on a monthly basis? And they had had this old pricing program. And so they kind of said, yeah, okay, we'll let you guys on this old pricing program. And so we were able to get the exact same technology. And then I just undercut the prices by 25% because I want to make sure that I won the deal. We won the deal. That completely changed. We were not in the green dot business anymore. We were now in the pick your color, red dot business, blue dot business, whatever. And for the next seven years, our business model did not change. We were always focused on selling IT services that could be delivered over the internet in exchange for a monthly fee. That's how our company grew so quickly. And that's how I was able to sell the company for a seven-figure amount, which was more money than I'd ever seen in my life. And if we had stayed on the selling like per hour business, the company never would have been worth anything and nobody would have ever wanted to buy it. Wow. That's a fascinating story, Trent. I loved it on every single level. And there's so many lessons to pull out of that. We're not going to right now because they're going to come out throughout the interview. And we're going to move on to the next topic, which is failure, which are obstacles, challenges as entrepreneurs we face so many times throughout our journey. But Trent, this is about your journey. You're our spotlighted entrepreneur. You've already alluded multiple times to a dot-com failure you had back in 2000. But share with Entrepreneur on Fire your biggest failure when you just fell flat in your face or when you had this massive challenge or obstacle that you had to dig deep to overcome. And tell us how you did overcome that. How much time do you have? (laughs) So after I sold my company, um, I really was actually, I'd moved here to California and it was the real estate market was cratering. And so I decided that, um, you know, I was going to come down here and be this real estate investor, you know, extraordinaire because uh, I had some money um, and, you know, I thought, well, how, how hard can this be? So I went into, I tried to go into a business that I really knew nothing about and I spent and I, so I did all this networking and I met all these other ref investors and I, I learned what was working for them. And I spent, I, I don't know how much money it was, but it was thousands upon thousands of dollars direct mailing homeowners that owned rental properties in an attempt to get them to sell me those rental properties um, with a small down payment because these are all, they, they all owned them clear title and they'd all owned them for a very long period of time. So I tried to get them to carry back the financing. From a tax perspective, it's very good for a seller to do that. But because I was, and, and it, it never worked. I never got a single deal. And, and the reason is because I was trying to do something in an industry that I knew absolutely nothing about. And I was way too quick to go out and start spending money because I really felt like, well, I can just outspend all my competition. How hard can this be? So that was uh, that was kind of one of my failures. And, and then I want to talk about another one that I did after that. Yes. So the, the next thing, you remember I mentioned that surfer girl who um, taught me about you know, how she was making money online. So after the whole, and I put like over a year into trying to make that real estate business go. And it was just, it was horrible. I mean, it really just knocked that crap out of my confidence because I went from this super supposedly successful dude who'd built this company and sold it for, you know, a big whack of money. And, you know, I mean, surely the next thing wouldn't be that hard. (laughs) You were invincible. Yeah. Well, apparently turns out I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Next business, I actually had quite a bit of, so I started building websites and back when I started online, I kind of wanted to be like the invisible man because I'd been 
so customer facing for so many years and all these cold calls. And I was just like, you know, if I could get a business that I could just run from my laptop and I didn't have to build a company with employees anymore, that was really, really appealing to me back at, uh, this would have been about uh, 2010. So I started building all these little micro niche sites because that's what she was doing that were making money through affiliate commissions and advertising. And it actually worked really, really well. And then I started blogging about it and the blog got really popular and then I created a training course about it and that got really, really popular. So I ended up doing, you know, well into the six figures kind of in my first year doing that. And then something happened. Google Penguin. 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 So the lunacy in that business was that my strategy was flawed because everything about that business was predicated upon one fact. I was totally dependent upon Google for free traffic for all those little websites. And as soon as Google changed their algorithm and the link building system that I was using, which people have been using for years very successfully, suddenly overnight became ineffective. My revenue, you know, dropped from like 30 grand a month to like four. So, I guess the takeaway from that is when you're building an online business, make sure that your traffic generation strategy is not dependent on any one source, especially one as fickle as Google. That's just a powerful and painful story on a lot of levels. And Trent, we love to be taken down to the ground level to really be there with you. So I know it's probably a little painful, but just take us very quickly through. You went to bed at night. You were on top of the world in a lot of areas. $30,000 a month was streaming in, training courses galore. You woke up the next morning. What was that next morning? Take us to that moment that you found out about Google Penguin and exactly your reaction to it. It sucked. <laughs> Go from feeling like, hey, you know, like the money was coming in on autopilot. It was phenomenal. It was exactly what I had hoped I would be able to build after meeting the surfer girl. And I loved it. I didn't have any employees and the cash was, I didn't have to talk to anybody. And, you know, it, it was just great. And then it was just gone. Well, take us to that point, though. So, like, did you wake up in the morning? Did you have a cup of coffee in your hands? What happened? No, because I don't drink coffee, but you know, you check your website in that business, you check your website rankings every day. And I went from having like 35 sites on page one of Google to zero. And I looked at my AdSense account, which was how I was monetizing. And the, you know, the income for the day was basically nothing. And I was like, whoa, what, what happened? And it was pretty horrifying to be honest with you. And, you know, over the next couple of days, I got figured out what happened because to be honest with you I didn't you know I wasn't like subscribing to the Google blog and paying close attention to what algorithm updates they were releasing they do like 500 algorithm updates a year most of them are not they're just tiny little tweaks so you know this thing came out and then I'm starting to read about it I realized wow that business is done and I had kind of a pity party for I'd say about a week I was just like wow that really blows I've kind of felt just I felt it was angry. I was depressed. I was pretty much every negative emotion you could think about. But then there was a, a kind of a big aha out of this moment as I realized that's not who I was anyway. I mean, do I really want to be 
going you know, off into the sunset as this guy that's teaching people how to build these silly little micro niche sites, which if we're honest about it, aren't really adding any value to anyone. The only reason I was uh, interested in building them because they generated passive income. And after working my butt off for so many years and having so many long hours, I was intoxicated with the idea of having passive income. So the aha was, hey, you know, time to get real, time to go back and build a real business, a business that has, you know, customers that isn't dependent upon Google. It can still be online and it can still have a huge portion of passive income but it's got to add value to other people. And I was, I look back and I'm kind of embarrassed now, to be honest with you, because I wasn't adding any value to anyone other than my own bank account from the Google advertising income. And, you know, my students obviously were digging it because that's what they wanted to build as well. And I can't make decisions for them about what their, you know, what their business objectives are. They just wanted to learn how to make money online. So they were doing that, but it wasn't, um, it was a very good lesson on on how on how to really think about your strategy before you go too crazy with execution. So Trent, what were your actions following that aha moment? That's that's really kind of where the idea for bright ideas came because I thought I, I just kind of sat back and I thought, all right, well, what what about this was good, and what about this maybe had some opportunity going forward, and so what was good was. I had learned a lot about, especially through blogging, about online marketing, you know, building mailing lists and holding webinars and doing sales funnels and how to do a podcast and get it in iTunes. I mean, I learned a lot of stuff. And I thought to myself, you know, if I would have known all of this stuff back when I was running my technology services company, life would have been a lot better because it was all really super valuable stuff. And so that's kind of when I thought, all right, I know that there are thousands upon thousands of other small business owners out there who don't know anything about online marketing. And I also know that there's lots of people who would be very happy to share their story and talk about their success and and what made them successful. And so that's why I decided to start Bright Ideas. So I went back to doing what I was doing, but I really just changed my audience. I didn't want to deal with, you know, people who... um didn't want to build a real business. I only wanted to help people who wanted to build a real business. And when I say real, I, I guess I mean a business that, you know, is legit and has customers and adds value to other people. Adding value. I love that. That's my vision. That's my focus here at Entrepreneur on Fire. And I'm glad we're on similar paths, Trent. So have you had an I've made it moment? The day that I closed the deal and sold my uh, my last company and the, got the big check, that was a pretty cool day. <laughs> um, there was lots of I made it moments. You know, when we were recognized as one of the profit 100 fastest growing companies in Canada the first year, that was pretty cool. When I got nominated as one of the top 40 under 40 business people in the city of Vancouver, I mean, that was, I tried for three years to get on that darn list. So that was a pretty cool moment as well. So you get, <laughs> If you've been an entrepreneur for a while, I think you're you're going to be blessed to have, you know, multiple aha moments. I don't know if I've ever felt like I've made it because I still don't feel like that. I still have so much work to do, so many goals to accomplish. But the the wins along the way, um, they don't feel so bad. That's for sure. No, I love that answer, Trent. And I love this question in general because every entrepreneur looks at it differently. And 
like you put it, you've had aha moments. You haven't necessarily had what you would consider an I've made it moment because a lot of entrepreneurs look at the I've made it moment as the end of the journey, denoting the finish line. And entrepreneurs, we never want to finish. We just want to continue and drive forward. And we're on this journey, we're on this fun ride, and we're passionate about it, and we're driven by our daily actions. But for me, and when I always talk to Fire Nation, I love talking about the journey and the milestones that you hit along that journey, the achievements, the accomplishments, and really being able to step back and appreciate those moments because those are powerful. And if you're not enjoying the journey, then really, what are you doing? Because this is what it's all about. So Trent, let me ask you, are you enjoying your journey? Oh yeah, every day is a day that I look forward to doing what I do. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that I would hope that this the audience who's listening to this would get is I used to kind of run like, oh, I used to say, I'll be happy when, and I'd put like, you know, like X, whatever after the when, when I make X amount of this customer, when I do this, when I do that. And that's, uh, that's an endless treadmill of disappointment. I think it's so much more valuable to really pick something to do that you enjoy doing. And I, I love marketing. I love interviewing people. I love using technology. I love creating sales funnels. I love doing all the things that go into the businesses that I'm involved with. So it's not, I don't so much think, you know, I'll be happy when I, I really truly enjoy, like I'm, I just got back from InfusionCon last over the weekend. I've got, as I mentioned, pages of notes of ideas and things that I wanted to put in action. And, uh, you know, if I could be like data off Star Trek and not sleep and just go for like a week and get all that stuff done, I'd do it. I love it. So Trent, let's move into your current business. Talk to Fire Nation about one thing that's really exciting you right now. I would say the biggest thing that's exciting me is I've just put the finishing touches on the first piece of software that I've ever developed all on my own. Now, when I say all on my own, I do not mean to say that I wrote the code. I did not write the code. I hired somebody to do that. But it, uh, I, I kind of came up with the idea. I designed the interface. Um, I asked people in my sphere of influence for referrals to developers. First one I hired didn't work out. Second one I hired did. Um, and we're just, I think we have like one bug left in that particular piece of software. And there is a training course that I'm putting the finishing touches on. And what the software and the training course are for is to teach people how to get more leads because that is a pain point for every small business owner. If you can have a steady flow of leads, you'll have much more predictable revenue because then you don't have to, you know, if you've got two leads coming in a month, boy, oh boy, you better hope you can close them. But if you've got 200 leads coming in a month, life is a whole lot better. And marketing agencies, especially smaller ones or independent marketing consultants, most of them probably got in that business because they were passionate about marketing, but they're not so maybe good at selling and getting clients. And so I think these products, I mean, obviously I've got a lot of clients over the years. I really know how to do this. And so I feel very authentic in the information that I'm providing the software, cause I'm really big on automation and using overseas help. If you can do it is designed to take all the legwork out of the prospecting process and just let the software do it for you with the help of a VA, just doing some basic things. And I'm really excited to see how my customers receive it. 
Sign me up. So Trent, what's your vision for the future? At the end of my life, if uh, my soon-to-be wife uh, looked at me on my deathbed and thought, you've been a pretty awesome husband, I'm, I'm very happy that I got to share my life with you, that would be good. If my kids said you were a great dad, the kids I haven't had yet said you were a great dad, I'm glad you were my dad, that would be also pretty darn awesome. I think those are about the most important things. And then in business, if I could have built a company or companies that really helped customers, were extremely profitable, and the employees loved to work there, um, I think that I would be uh, passing away with a pretty darn big smile on my face. Powerful. Okay, Fire Nation, we're going to quickly thank our sponsors who allow us to bring Entrepreneur on Fire to you seven days a week for free. Ting is a nationwide, no BS mobile service that just makes sense. It's truly and completely contract free with no termination fees and no bundling. They have service levels from extra small to extra, extra large for voice minutes, text messages, and megabytes of data. Fire Nation, stop subjecting yourself to overcharges and nonsense penalties. Ting even offers credits on unused service. Use less than you anticipated using, and Ting will drop you down to the level you actually hit, crediting the difference on your next bill. Ting lets you add unlimited devices to a single plan. Pool minutes, messages, and data with your friends and family at a flat fee of $6 a month per device. Ting has incredible online account maintenance and no-hold customer support. Visit fire.ting.com now to open your account, and you can get $25 off your device or a $25 service credit using that URL. That's fire.ting.com. If you love Entrepreneur on Fire, you will love the 100,000-plus audiobooks Audible has available in its enormous online library. Our guest is about to recommend an amazing book, and you can go grab it for free and get a 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. I have been an Audible member for years now, and there are a number of reasons they're the only place to go for audiobooks. Audible provides the best value, the best customer care, and the best selection of titles. Once purchased, you can download your choices and access them on your computer, burn them onto CDs, or upload them to iPods and other MP3 devices. So go grab an audiobook today and support Entrepreneur on Fire by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds, and this is where I get to ask you, Trent, a series of questions, and you come back at us with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I'd say there was two things. One, the job that I had uh, paid me quite a bit of money to go play golf with clients. So, you know, it was pretty cushy, uh, but it was also boring. And then, so once I decided that I'd had enough of that, probably like everybody else in the world, it's just fear, fear of failure. You know, you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year with a cushy job and you think, well, if I give this up, I'm not going to have this income anymore. And what if my idea sucks? 
What is the best business advice you've ever received? The best way to succeed in business is to be in business. Love that. What's something that's working for you right now? Bright ideas, podcasting, interviewing expert entrepreneurs is working very, very well. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Optimizely. I've been started to split testing lately. Um, quick little backstory. Had a guest on my show. We were talking about this. He said, here's what you should do. As soon as I finished recording, I set up a split test on the homepage of brightideas.co and I was able within three days to double my opt-in rate by split testing my offer. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Powerful. Wisely makes that ridiculously easy to do. Drag and drop. You don't have to know how to write any code, nothing. Mm. If you could recommend one book for Fire Nation, Trent, what would it be? I just recently interviewed the author of a book called The Janitor. His name is Ray Hilbert. He's a co-author on it. And I apologize to his co-author because I can't remember the other fellow's name off the top of my head. We'll link it up in the show notes. But The Janitor, I read it a few years ago. Absolutely loved it. It's not your typical business book. It's actually a parable. It's a story based upon some, some real people. Um, and I found that it was a book that I, I literally couldn't put down and read in one day. Wow. Well, great resource, great book. We will be linking everything up in the show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash Trent Deersmid. So Trent, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would create a product. First of all, I would figure out my, a market that had some pain that I believed that I could solve. I would then create a product a digital information product. So it might be videos or an ebook or whatever, put it in a membership site. And then I would go out and I would build relationships with everybody that I could find that had a list of people that matched my target market. And I would try and do webinars with all of those people and uh, create an affiliate program so that it would be beneficial for them to help me promote my product to their customer base. Boom, Trent, you have just given us some great actionable advice and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then share how we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Um, the biggest piece of advice that, I've, that I can give and that I've given over and over and over when I'm asked, you know, how do I become successful in business? The answer, and I know it's going to sound too simple, but it's true. Just start. Your first, just acknowledge the fact that your first idea is probably not going to be very good, but it will lead you to a better idea. And that idea will lead you to an even better idea. So just do something, start something. And the way to get a hold of me is just come to brightideas.co. If you want to email me, it's trent at brightideas.co. And uh, I read all my emails myself. So um, if you have a question, I, the one thing I ask is, you know, if you write me 
paragraphs in your email, it's unlikely that I'll be able to answer all that many questions because I do get a lot of emails. So keep it short. Thank you. Trent, you have been so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Fire Nation, I have an incredible opportunity for a select few of you. I have partnered with entrepreneur on fire sensation Woody Woodward and his publishing company. We are bringing together New York Times bestselling authors, including Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Barbara Corcoran, Gary Vaynerchuk, and others, and combining them with entrepreneurs just like you to form a book series titled Conversations with Visionary Entrepreneurs. This is an amazing opportunity to highlight your business and expertise in a way that will give you a competitive edge and position you as an expert in your chosen field. To find out more and to listen to Woody's and my conversation about the book opportunity, go to entrepreneuronfire.com slash author. That's entrepreneuronfire.com slash author. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.